Hello, and welcome to Reading Books, a podcast hosted by Read Books, a little indie bookstore housed in the Virginia Museum of Contemporary Art, just blocks from the oceanfront in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Kristen Hildum, your co-host and co-owner of Read Books. When we were building our bookstore, I fantasized about a place where folks could stop by to discuss all things books and reading and connect with others in their community over great books. Pandemic notwithstanding, that's exactly what happened when we opened our doors in February of 2020. Then we decided to create a podcast to offer our listeners a peek behind the curtain of the bookseller experience. During each episode, my co-host Heather and I will make great bookish connections and talk to Read Books readers about the books that have shaped their lives. We'd love to know what you're reading and we'll always let you know what's on our nightstand. So let's get started reading books together. Today, and almost always, we are coming to you from coastal Virginia. In March here, we often get a glimpse or teaser of spring, but we've also historically received our worst snowfalls in March. So before we go all tulips and daffodils on you, we decided to have one last winter reading wonderland episode. So grab your whoobie, uh, that's your favorite blanket in my house, perhaps your favorite winter beverage, because we'll share ours, and let's talk chilly, cozy, and everything in between. Oh, Heather, can you believe it's almost time to wrap up winter reading? I can and I can't. It feels like the holidays were so long ago, but at the same time, I feel like it's already the 15th day of March and it's not. It's the second. So part of me can, part of me can't. I know. I know. I feel the same way about the holidays. They seem like so long ago and yet... They really weren't. They really weren't. But we've had a few days that have really hinted towards spring. So that's got me thinking forward. Definitely. But the back and forth has been crazy. The 40 degree day, the 70 degree day, the 40 degree day. I know. I know. As always, I always forget that's what Virginia does as it moves into the into spring. But now we were talking about holidays. How do you distinguish holiday reading from winter reading? So holiday reading for me, I really do love reading holiday books. Most of December, even part of November now, is all spent reading holiday books. Wintry reads for me though, are books that I love reading after the holidays during this really long stretch of winter and spring fake outs that we have here in Virginia. Uh, Holiday readings for me, they always tend to have a warm ending. So even if it's describing really cold weather or cold places and, you know, no matter where it's set, it still feels like the warmth of the holidays. And most of the holiday books I tend to lean towards have nice, warm, cozy endings. But my wintry reads sometimes don't. Sometimes I have books I go for that are to make me feel cold, especially on our random 70 degree days in February when all I want is just to feel chilly and feel cold. But then in Virginia, we've got this special type of humid cold. So sometimes it just gets in my bones and I feel like I can't get warm. So I also have some winter reads that I read when I just wanna feel cozy, not necessarily holiday cozy, but just a little warmer than, uh, than what I have outside. That makes sense. It's funny because we're always ready for spring to come, but I'm not always ready to let go 
of winter reading. Same. Because I, yeah, I so enjoy, I enjoy reading in every season for different reasons, but I love winter reading and all that implies the coziness, the time indoors. Now we have spent way too much time <laughs> indoors. Um, so I am looking forward to, to spring for that reason, but, but yeah, I, um, I miss winter reading when it's gone, but that's the beauty of the seasons. We know it's coming back. Yes. And it, I love that we live somewhere where we enjoy all the seasons and the change of seasons. Definitely. Definitely. So we're going to talk about our, our winter reads today, and we're going to talk about what makes us feel cold and that we definitely would want to read in winter and what makes us feel cozy and then some of our traditions as well. So Heather, what do you have first? We'll start, we'll start really cold and then we'll warm up. What do you have to share in your cold reads? So my favorite, my absolute favorite, just chilly read is the first book in the winter night trilogy. It's called the bear and the nightingale by Catherine Arden. Bonus points, this series is great on audio. I read the first one and then I listened to the second and the third one. But this story is kind of based on Russian folklore and it follows the main character Vasilisa and the struggles her family faces at the edge of the Russian wilderness. So after her mother dies and her father remarries, her stepmother forbids the family from honoring any of their household spirits. Vasilisa is frightened about the damage that ignoring the rituals could cause for her family. And then danger, both from magical sources and human, approaches the family, and Vasilisa must defy all to protect those she loves by calling on dangerous gifts that she has long concealed from her family. So this novel is extremely magical, but it also has a really great blend of reality. The trilogy itself shows quite a bit of Russian history, as well as different folk tales and bits of folklore. It's all braided together really beautifully. But the descriptions of the cold Russian forest and when Vasilisa goes into the forest and encounters Morosko and the kind of spirit of winter, it just makes me feel cold. Like everything feels like I am there. I can smell the cold. I can feel it. Like everything is just very chilly about this book and this entire series, honestly. But that is my favorite one to just make myself feel cold with is um, The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden. Well, I think that combination of the Russian countryside in winter, magic, because for some reason for me, fantasy and magic is a winter, is more of a winter read. That yes. folklore, it's all those things say winter to me. So I can totally feel that. Now, mine's also in the realm of fantasy science fiction, and that's the Dark Materials trilogy by Philip Pullman, the Golden Compass being the first one. One of my favorites of all time, and I'm certainly not alone in that. But I think because of all the things we just talked about, but in the book, they're actually traveling north to the North Pole in that book a lot. So there, you actually feel that same, that cold as they're facing the elements, as well as the quiet. I just remember in the book, even though you're reading and things are happening, there's the quiet of the cold and then the magic. And then, of course, you have the ice bear, 
Lorik Birnason. I love him. <laughs> and then they describe like the animals and the fur coats on the animals. So there's just everything about it makes you want to get warm. You feel cold. So that is the Dark Materials trilogy. Uh, number one, The Golden Compass from Philip Pullman. Yes, I love that series. I love that even the original title, the British publication title is Northern Lights. So even yes. that, just hearing that title, I'm like, oh, yes, I love his Dark Materials. Such a great series. So my, my second chili book is very different from both of ours that we picked because it's not fantasy or science fiction really at all. This one's more of a mystery and it's called The Winter People by Jennifer McMahon. This book takes place in West Hall, Vermont, a town known for strange disappearances and old legends. The most mysterious legend is that of Sarah Harrison Shea, who was found dead in the field behind her house in 1908, not long after the mysterious death of her daughter. In the present day, a woman named Alice and her two daughters live in Sarah's old house. Alice has insisted they always lift off the grid, but this becomes a dangerous problem when her daughters wake one morning alone, Alice having vanished without a trace. Alice's eldest daughter, Ruthie, finds a hidden diary of Sarah while searching for her mother. As she gets sucked into the mystery of Sarah, she realizes all may not be right in this small town. So I loved this mystery because it was set in such a cold place and both the past and the present took place, you know, during a colder season and you could just feel the cold seeping in through the old house as Ruthie, the, the main character is reading this old diary, trying to figure out what happened to her mother, what happened to this other woman who mysteriously vanished. And it's just, it gave me the feeling of sitting inside an old house or an old cabin where you can feel the drafts kind of moving through the wood. And it's just a very, it's a chilling mystery. The book itself is a bit creepy, but it also has such a great sense of place and creates such a strong atmosphere where you just feel the cold leaching in very insidiously from all around. So truly a chilling book. It's a lot of fun to read. That's The Winter People by Jennifer McMahon. I think you made another good point is that mystery and that chilling uh, plot is something I think of for a winter read too. And I don't know that I identified that before. And I also am sitting right now in a very, very old house. As you know, <laughs> I live in yes. a very old house that has no insulation to speak of. And I've got a quilt on my lap because I am sitting near a window and you can definitely feel the cold outside. So I can appreciate the <laughs> old house and chill analogy. <laughs> you brought it to life for me though, even more. My second one is also different, and it is a children's book called Diamond Willow by Helen Frost. And Helen Frost, her name is Frost, so there you go. Uh -huh. um, but it is a book about Diamond, our, our main character, and she's a dog musher in interior Alaska. And the book itself is shaped in po is poems. When Diamond is speaking, it's poems shaped like diamonds and that's inspired by the forms found in polished diamond willow sticks so it speaks to the um the setting even more of alaska but also in the prose in the book 
is actually in animal voices. And then within both the poetry and prose, you have these secret phrases that are in bold print and they speak about Diamond, but they allude to what she doesn't know about herself. So the book itself is just such an interesting package visually and the story. It's a coming of age tale about Diamond and just she's 12 years old and she's just hoping that her friends and her parents understand her better and she wants to forge out on her own but she finds out how dangerous that can be where she is but it's so beautiful and i think the diamond from the diamond willow but the diamond shape just alludes to cold and winter and of course she's dog mushing through the snow so and and then they're something happens within the book I don't want to spoil but of course the snow is really relevant to that but it's such a beautiful book and so interesting the way it's it's formatted but all just alludes to winter and cold and survival and I think when you have that survival aspect a lot of times it it relates to winter so that is Diamond Willow by Helen Frost. That sounds so wonderful. And I love when books incorporate poetry along with prose. I love yes. that. Love that. So do you have any more chilly books? Or do you want to talk about some cozy reads, some things to make oh, it feel well, a little warmer? Well, book club, in one of my book clubs, we just finished doing Midwinter Murders by Agatha Christie. And that was a lot of fun because that is a series of stories or mysteries by Agatha Christie. So it has all our favorite characters, but they've never been printed in America before or put together in this compilation. So that was a lot of fun to read. There were some related to the holidays, but it had in perfect Agatha Christie crinkling form. It had, you know, crackling fires. It had people lurking in the snow, footprints in the snow, and it had all those things. And of course it had Poirot and it had Miss Marple. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, that one is could be both holiday and winter, but we had a lot of fun just reading that and enjoying those short stories. Agatha Christie just means winter to me too. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. And I love that collection. It was such a, a neat thing to read around the holidays and and after because it was not just holiday stories so it was a good transition for this time of year and it was a fun sort of discovery since it was never printed here before it was fun to have those stories all together yeah definitely so let's talk about some cold weather books that make us feel cozy that we read when we just want some cozy comfort especially in these long 40 degree days that just feel like they will never break and get warmer. So what's a cozy read you have? Cozy read, when I think cozy read, I think comfort. And when I think comfort, I think food. And I love reading about food. I read cookbooks like they are fiction. Uh, I love food memoirs. And so my cozy reads are both actually related to that. So my first is Bread and Wine, A Love Letter to Life Around the Table with Recipes by Shauna Nyquist. This is not a new book. This is definitely backlist. Uh, but she speaks about food um, 
because she believes that many of life's most sacred moments happen around the table. And so that we need to pause and pay attention to that time we spend around food, whether we're we're sharing food with someone to comfort them, whether we're comforting ourselves, whether we're coming together as a family and sharing an important moment around that table. So she really gets the heart to the heart of that and she does it in a beautiful way by sharing her own experiences around the table, whether they be with friends or family, beautiful, joyful, or heartbreaking. And so there's wonderful recipes all through it. And she also believes in opening your home all the time to and hosting to all sorts of people at all sorts of times. And it doesn't have to be fancy. And of course, I love that. But I've used mine so many times and I love the recipes so much. It looks like a cookbook. I mean, it has recipes in it, but it's all stained and bent and dog-eared mm-hmm. like a cookbook. And I keep it in my kitchen. I love the stories. I love the food. So that's one of my favorite, truly cozy books is Bread and Wine, A Love Letter to Life Around the Table with Recipes by Shauna Nyquist. Oh, that sounds lovely. I love when books have such a history like that. Like I'm sure you can see your copy and see all the, even the stains and the dog ears and things like that. Like the book has lived. It's a part of the family too. And it's been loved for sure. Yeah. So my first cozy read, I still stuck with fiction because I I am just a a major fiction reader. But this one is kind of similar to that in that it also deals with family, but it comes about it in kind of a a different angle. So my first cozy read is Winter Garden by Kristen Hanna. This is another backlist title, not a new book. It's absolutely heartbreaking. This is a really heartbreaking story. But the way that she writes it and builds the relationships between the characters is just so beautiful. So this story follows two sisters, Meredith and Nina, and their mother. And they've always felt a great distance from their mother, Anya. She moved to the Pacific Northwest after World War II. She's Russian. And they never really felt a lot of love from their mother. They knew that she loved them, but... It was never explicitly said. They never really saw that action. Now the two sisters grow into very different people. Meredith stays home and takes over the family apple orchard. And Nina becomes a world famous photographer. Now girls are called home after the death of their father and their mother seems like she's starting to lose her grip on reality. And one of their father's last requests from the girls and from Anya, their mother, was that she finished a fairy tale she always used to tell them when they were younger. Now, she'll only tell this at night, only with the lights out. She won't look at them when she tells them. But the more time they spend with her, the more she starts opening up and sharing more of this fairy tale. And as the book goes on, the girls realize that this is no fairy tale. It's her own experiences during the Siege of Leningrad. So it's a very cold story. But the way that it's told beginning through the lens of a fairy tale and this mother telling it to her daughters, building this connection, just felt very cozy to me. It made me feel very safe because this was a very rough and heartbreaking, tragic story, but it still felt very safe because it was a mother telling the story to her daughters and 
forging that connection with them they never really had and allowing them to forge more of a connection with each other. So it just, it was a beautiful blend of history and family lore. It was beautiful watching this fairy tale kind of morph into one woman's history and past that she's really trying to forget and run away from, but it still felt just so safe. Like you were still a part of this family reconciling and coming together and learning about each other despite the horrors in their mother's past. But it just made me feel very cozy, very safe, very warm. So that's The Winter Garden by Kristen Hanna. Her books definitely make you feel all the feels. Oh, yes. So yes. many feels. <laughs> so many feels, for sure. So my other one, again, is another food memoir, but this is a newer one. And this is Everything is Under Control, a memoir with recipes by Phyllis Grant. And Phyllis Grant is a little different than Shauna Nyquist. She in this memoir, she talks about being a dancer in New York and then falling in love and following her husband out to California and also beginning to raise a family there. In this book, the tie into food is more about yearning. It's very sensual and it's funny, just like food is very sensual. And it's about sustaining, sustaining herself at first, trying to sustain herself. And then once she has her family, her job is to sustain them. And it's all, it can be metaphorically, but also it is with food. And so it's told through her food memoir, which I think we can all probably do to some degree is speak to our lives in relation to food. But I love how this one is definitely, it's beautifully written, it's almost poetic. And it's just got so much humor and life and yearning. And um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it, similar to the first one, but also different. And it has, it's cozy and I love humor. Humor is comfort for me. So this is a comfort because it has that humor in it. So I find it more of an, a little bit of an escapist read as well. So that gives me great comfort. And I love to curl up with something that's gonna make me laugh and, and bring me joy, but also has a lot of heart in it. And so that is Everything is Under Control, a memoir with recipes by Phyllis Grant. Man, I love when a memoir, especially food memoir, includes recipes. I love when any book, even fiction books, when they include a recipe, yes. it just, oh, I love it so much. So my, my last cozy read I have is actually kind of returning back to the realm of fantasy because of course it is. So this book is Echo North by Joanna Ruth Meyer. And this book is based off of one of my favorite fairy tales, which is East of the Sun, West of the Moon. So in this story, our main character, Echo, her world falls apart when her father mysteriously disappears after leaving for the city. She's trying to make do. Six months later, she's walking through the woods and she finds him half frozen in the forest, guarded by a strange talking wolf. Now the wolf agrees to see her father safely home if she agrees to live with him for a year. So Echo agrees, she goes with the wolf. He lives in an enchanted house beneath the mountain where the rooms have to be sewn together, basically through magic, 
in order to keep from unraveling. And there's something dark lurking behind each door. Now, as this year passes, of course, she grows closer to the wolf and more and more rooms begin to disappear. So it's up to Echo to solve the mystery of the enchantment before her time is up, both her time and the wolf's time. This book is super beautiful. The language is just breathtaking. The way the magic is described, the way the author incorporates elements of that fairy tale is just really powerful. But once again, when I think cozy reads, it's reads that make me feel safe. It's reads that make me feel like I am in my favorite chair with my blanket and my cat. And no matter what crazy thing is happening around me, I feel safe and just comforted and warm and all bundled up with the cat. She's essential. And that's how this book made me feel like this enchanted house where, you know, things might go wrong and there is darkness lurking and it's up to Echo to fix it. It still felt so safe and it made me feel very safe reading it, even though she has to deal with a lot of problems and a lot of tension. It still made me feel warm and safe watching her explore that enchanted house, especially because there's an enchanted library that never hurts. <laughs> and just getting to know the house. So despite the cold, despite the mystery, it still made me feel very cozy, very warm. So that was Echo North by Joanna Ruth Meyer. Well, I think those are some pretty good winter reads that people can sink into. Now, when you're enjoying those winter reads, what beverage is on the table next to you or are you cupping in your hands? Well, we have a fabulous little pop-up tea store here in Norfolk. It's called the Two Leaves. They have a lot of literary blends for their teas. Now, I'm a very big fan of Peter Pan. I'm also a big fan of anything involving glitter. So they have a chamomile glitter tea that's called fairy dust and it's based on you know fairy dust from peter pan but it's just a straight chamomile blend with edible glitter in it so when you make it when you look in the cup it's just little tiny tiny bits of swirling gold glitter it's absolutely delicious the blend is wonderful but it's just magical it feels like drinking a little cup of magic because it sparkles and i love that so it's my favorite thing to have next to me when I'm reading one of my winter fairy tales. What I love you? that. What's your, I, <laughs> I know. It's so well, I love it because I could allow that glitter. My kids will tell you that we have a glitter-free household. We do not. And, and <laughs> how I could have been a teacher as a glitter with a glitter-free household, um, I don't know. But um, we just joke about that all the time. Uh, but I think I could allow glitter because I love things that sparkle. Um, but I think I could allow glitter in my tea for sure. That sounds pretty safe. (laughs) Um, yeah. Now I enjoy, uh, hot cocoa, but in our house, we especially love Mexican hot cocoa. So it's just got a little bit of cinnamon and a little bit of kick to it. We generally just use the Abuelita brand, which is by Nestle, and it comes in those really cool octagonal blocks of cocoa or chocolate, which we love to, um, they're like the precursor to the cocoa bomb, uh, which I also love, Uh, but I love that little bit of spice in my cocoa, and I 
also love it kind of frothed and in with Mexican hot cocoa, there's an actual tool, this beautiful wooden tool, it's carved from one piece of wood called a molnillo. And you actually put it in your hands and you spin it and the bottom of it acts like a pestle and it grinds the chocolate at the bottom. And then the spinning motion actually frosts the cocoa. So that makes it really, really special. That's what I like to enjoy as sort of a treat. That would be a very special uh, winter reading treat. That sounds amazing. And I think we need to have a hot cocoa party at your house. Yes. That sounds delicious. <laughs> now, how about um, winter traditions? Do you have any reading traditions that you would probably not do in the heat of the summer? Yeah, I really tend to gravitate. You mentioned this earlier uh, for yourself as well, but I really tend to gravitate towards fairy tale retellings during the winter time. I've especially really been noticing I gravitate towards those based on Russian or Eastern European folklore. So I love reading fairy tale retellings or just things that involve Russian folklore. I just finished a great book that's kind of loosely based on Moldovan folklore, which was really neat, those Sisters of the Winterwood. But that's where I really tend to gravitate is, I mean, it's always fantasy and fairy tale in this house, but especially those colder fairy tales. That's why I really like to read in the winter. What about you? So our traditions in winter, our reading traditions, don't tend to be related to genre. They're more in habits. And so more often than not in the winter, at least one day a week, we will say no screen, so no TV, and we'll all just gather in the living room with our little portable heater that looks like a fireplace since none of our fireplaces are functional. And we'll gather with blankets and cocoa and the puppy and we'll all just read together. And I really enjoy that time, especially if it's raining out or snowing or the wind's blowing. Um, so I just enjoy that quiet time together. Or we'll listen to an audiobook or we'll do a read aloud. Now we do read alouds all year round, but they're just especially enjoyable, I think, on a cozy, cold night. I know when I was reading Midwinter murders we were i was actually listening to it on audio so we just listened to it as a family because agatha christie's perfect for for family reads so i think that sort of gathering together and making time for reading happens more in the winter and i'm very grateful for that yeah that sounds lovely i love the idea of just gathering together and doing a read aloud or listening to agatha christie stories that sounds Perfect. So what are you reading now? What's your current? So now I am reading something from my backlist from a, I mean, it's a very, very early title on my ever long TBR, but it's called The Fortune Teller by Gwendolyn Womack. I'm a little under halfway through, but I'm really enjoying it so far. So this is about an antiques appraiser now named Semele who specializes in deciphering ancient texts uh, for a very exclusive auction house in Manhattan. And she finds a manuscript that's from the time of Cleopatra written by a seer. And what's strange about this is as she's translating, the seer calls her out by name in this ancient text. So, so far it's been weaving back and forth between the seer who's 
narrating her life and her experiences and then things from the future and Semily in the present who is obviously very taken aback by being called out in an ancient text but at the part I just got at today she's also starting to notice a mysterious man following her and she's starting to get very concerned about that so I'm really excited to get further into it I love the blend of history and present day mystery trying to solve what happened. So it's very enjoyable so far. I'm mad it took me this long to get to it. But that's The Fortune Teller by Gwendolyn Womack. What are you reading now? Well, I was reading a galley, but oh, so, so good. So good. So I'm also reading It's Also a Mystery. And I just characterize, characterize it as why I read. Uh, it's called We Begin at the End by Chris Whitaker. And it is a mystery, but it's also has these amazing characters in it. It has a lot of heart. It definitely is a coming of age story as well, which I love those. Uh, it starts, it flashes back to an event that happened in the 80s. So I could sort of relate to that since I am a child of the 80s. Well, I'm a child of the 70s. I was a teenager of the 80s. Uh, so to a tragedy that happened in this small town and how it just sort of exploded the town and all these characters and sent them in different directions away from each other who used to be very close as either family or friends. And so now it's many years later and the, the tragedy sort of resurfaces for a specific reason. We start to, there's a new crime and we're starting to try to unravel the original mystery, but we're also trying to unravel this new mystery. But there's a character in it called Duchess Day Radley, the outlaw Duchess Day Radley. And she is a child herself, but she is trying to protect her younger brother. And she is has is forced to act like an adult because of her mother's addiction and, and challenges. And so you just, your heart breaks over and over for this child who is trying to save her, what salvage what she can of her family. And then you're starting to see how these characters all relate to one another. And it's a thriller and it's fast and it's heartbreaking and it's beautiful. And um, there's a little bit of a love story and a romance. There's actually an epic love story in it. And so it's just, it had everything in it. And I, I was kind of surprised by that. I didn't expect it to be all that it was. And so, thoroughly enjoying that and anyone who loves a good thriller and loves great character development I mean and I'm not the first to say this but Duchess gives Scout a run for her money so uh, wow. you'll appreci appreciate that and I said it's funny because I loved Duchess Goldblatt and so now I have Duchess Day Radley I said I have two duchesses in my life and I'm very excited about it uh, so that is um, We Begin at the End by Chris Whitaker that sounds awesome. That sounds like such a good book. So I hope everybody is, I mean, the weather's been crazy all over the country, but I hope everybody has a little more time to hunker down and enjoy these last weeks of winter. 
before uh, we start looking at spring. Yes, it's just around the corner. Yeah, well, thanks, Heather. As always, it's so much fun to talk to you and share books. And um, we'll talk again soon. We hope you'll stop by the shop and say hello. Check out our website at readvb.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at readbooksvb. Thanks to our producer, Dan Peretta, who also created and performed our original music, and my co-host, Heather Fine. This is Kristen Hildum, proprietress of the Little Bookshop by the Beach. Let's read books together again soon.